0: This is Barry Zalma speaking for Claim School, incorporated with True Crime Stories of Insurance Fraud. Designed to help people involved with insurance understand how to defeat or deter insurance fraud. In this video number 15, we speak about who's cheating whom. Some people are too smart for their own good. They want to commit fraud but don't know how. In so doing, they hurt themselves rather than profit. When I was a young insurance adjuster in 1972, the company I worked for as an adjuster, waiting to hear from the California bar about the results of the bar exam, my employer insured a homeowner, who owned a capuchin monkey as a pet. The monkey was a friendly sort. He did not like confinement to the house. He wanted to be out and about, meeting and greeting the world. One day, when the insured was not looking, the monkey escaped from her home. He was a pet and did not want to run away. He just wanted out of the house. His escape, therefore, led him to the roof of the next-door neighbor's house. The next-door neighbor had a tile roof. The monkey's sharp little toenails made an infuriating clicking noise as he ran back and forth on the tiles. The neighbor, unable to stand the noise, came out of the house and saw our neighbor's monkey on a roof. The insured was not home. The noise was unbearable. Not only did he scratch his nails on his roof, but he chattered incessantly she yelled at him without success. She picked up stones from her yard and began throwing them at the monkey. The claimant, the neighbor, did not know how aggressive little wild animals can be, even if they are raised as pets. The monkey took offense when he was hit by a stone. He jumped to her shoulder, sinking his claws through her in cotton shirt and taking a bite out of her neck, he was tiny, so unlike a chimpanzee, he could not cause serious damage. But his bite did break the skin. The insured returned home just as the capuchin struck her neighbor. She, with love for her pet and concern for her neighbor, patiently removed the capuchin from her neighbor's neck and applied first aid. The insured reported the incident to her insurance company, and I was assigned to adjust the claim. I met the neighbor who informed me that she was a good woman. She did not wish to take advantage of her neighbor. She had gone to her doctor who applied antibiotic cream and a bandage. The doctor told her to clean the wound out daily with hydrogen peroxide and place a new dressing on the wound for a week. She wanted only to be paid her doctor's $100 office visit, charge $5 for the bottle of peroxide, and $1 for the bandages. Since liability with injuries caused by a wild animal are always clear, I readily accepted her offer of settlement. The claimant did not ask for any recovery for her pain and suffering. She did not ask to be paid for the trouble and inconvenience she went through to have her wound bandaged. Her offer was an excellent settlement for the insured her neighbor. I told the claimant I would send her a check and asked only that she allow me to complete my file by sending me the doctor's bill and the receipts for the peroxide and bandages. The $106 check, with the release printed on the back, allowed before changes were made in fair claim settlement practices, statutes, and regulations. And when in the mail that day, it was negotiated by the claimant immediately. The receipts and billing from the doctor appear the next day in my office. Normally, they just would have been filed without a glance. The file closed and put away. This time I was waiting for a telephone call from a private lawyer to settle a $100,000 case and had time on my hands. I looked at the doctor's bill she sent me and found that it was an original carbon. The doctor kept the original bill and gave the claimant a carbon copy. On the carbon for the office visit charge were the numbers 1 and 0 in blue followed by an additional zero in black ballpoint. The claimant, for an injury of her type, could have easily talked me into paying her one to $3,000 back in 1972, which was a lot of money then. Thought she had cheated me by changing a $10 doctor bill to $100. In so doing, she gained $90 by cheating and lost the opportunity for more than 10 to 20 times the fraud by simply being honest. Her fraud was a success. The insurer did nothing. It reported the fraud to no one. The insured owed the claimant much more than $106 we paid her. The claimant probably thought she committed a brilliant fraud. This time, the person actually damaged by the fraud was the claimant, the fraud perpetrator, not the insurance company. Adjusters must always keep in mind that when they receive an offer to settle a claim for an amount that seems too good to be true, there is a very high probability that it is, in fact, too good to be true. And this one was, too good to be true. This video was adapted from my book, Insurance Fraud Costs Everyone, which is available as both a Kindle book and a paperback from Amazon.com. Thank you for your attention.